Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. We left off John 8:38. Jesus is saying, I speak the things which I have seen with my Father. Therefore, you also do the things which you heard from your Father. And they answered him and said, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you're Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. That's huge. I mean, I don't know that I've noticed that before. But, I mean, he's basically, he's pleading with his own people to see that if they're going to claim to be Abraham's children, that that they do the deeds of Abraham. Abraham believed the Lord and obeyed the Lord and and he's saying, well, if you are Abraham's children, as you claim to be, it's not in some kind of a hereditary thing. You know, so often people think that they're a certain religion because they were born into a certain religion. But you're really not. God doesn't have, you know, grandchildren he, or great-grandchildren. He, he has only children. He just has children. And so none of us are born. We may be culturally born into something and so he's telling his own people at this point jesus is talking to those of his own people and saying okay if you're abraham's children do the deeds he's he's really pleading to them in a practical way he's pleading to them in a really one-on-one practical way um but as it is, John eight forty, you are seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God, this Abraham did not do. And then they turned back to him and said, you're doing the deeds of your father. They said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Okay, has anyone ever noticed that they slapped him in the face right here? I mean, he's pleading with them to... Okay, do the deeds of Abraham, and I, you know, I am God's son. And they're slapping him in the face because of all the, I'm sure, rumors that, oh my gosh, Mary wasn't married, and Joseph, um, you know, kind of let her in the back door, and oh my gosh, you know, this is the the guy that all the rumors were about when he was a baby. And so they're like, yeah, we weren't born of adultery. And then here's the irony, they say. And and tell me, if this was being said about you, and you were in in Jesus' place, tell me you would not want to blow. Okay, so here's the irony, they say. We weren't born of fornication. We weren't born of adultery. We have one father, God. Okay, how ironic is that? Because he's saying, saying, you're looking at him. You're looking at him. I mean, and Jesus is God and was God and was there from the beginning. But it's also saying, you know, that Jesus is the son of God. And so Jesus says to them, and and here I would be so mad, first of all, that they, you know, marred my mother's name and slap me around and keep trying to kill me and keep kind of trapping me and trying to, I'd be so mad. And then when they would say, oh, and we have one father, God, which was the furthest from the truth for most of them, because Jesus said, if you, if God is your father, you'll recognize me as the son, the Messiah. 
And if he's not your father, you won't. And so Jesus is infinitely patient. I just, I've never noticed through the New Testament how infinitely patient he is with his own people. Sometimes we don't read the words and really let them sink in as to what they're saying to him and what he's saying back to them. We kind of go, and it just sounds like a whole bunch of pitter-patter, pitter-patter, and then we pull out verses that sound good to us, that we like, that we can, you know, put on our bathroom window or something on an index card. But we need to look at it. Look at, look at this full context. That's what's so awesome about going through a book in the Bible is full context, full context. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me for I proceeded forth and have come from God. That's sentence we could spend a long time with, but um, for I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. And Jesus then asks them a question and answers it. And so I love it when he does that because you don't have to wonder, what did he mean? What did he mean? But anytime, especially in the Jewish culture, especially in that culture, um, a lot of questions are asked, and it's still still that way in the East, that, um, that there are sometimes many more questions that are asked. Like if someone asks you a question, you might ask them a question. I remember teaching, and there was a group that had come in from the interior of Mexico, and I don't even remember what I was talking about, but he stood up at the end and said, you know, I need to know about a woman's place with her husband or her husband covering the woman. And he was talking about, like, you know, them being equally yoked and and the husband loving his wife like Christ loves the church, like what the Bible says, and then the wife um, respecting her husband. And he was asking about that. And before I could answer him, which is like my personality type is I have an answer for you before you have finished your question. Do you know? And I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I've, I'm like ready to answer you. And Lacey will tell you he has had to like literally um, almost whip me into shape because he talks very deliberately, very slowly. And I have to, I mean, I'm just about to explode with the answer to what he's saying, you know, but I have to listen to the whole thing. And he, and, and, and it's really good because he's very intelligent, very smart, and I love him very much. So anyway, this man stood up and, and, and the Lord said, ask him why he's asking that. And so I said, sir, can, can, do you mind? And there was a big group of people in the room. Um, before I answer that, do you mind if I ask you why you're asking that? And he said, well, it just seems like there's so many. And he was speaking half Spanish, half English um, with a strong accent. It seems like there's so many marriages that don't, that are Christian that don't work this way. So don't we still believe this or not? And he just was coming from a, I believe the whole Bible kind of person. And anyway, then they went back to Mexico. But it was an interesting, it was interesting for the rest of the group to hear why he was asking that question. He wasn't asking it to nail men or nail women or anything like that. He was asking it with a heart of 
why why aren't we doing this? Why is this not being done? You know. So Jesus asks a question and then he answers it. John eight forty three. Why do you not understand why I'm what I'm saying? And then he says right away the answer. It's because you cannot hear my word. And that word here in the Greek, I just want to read this definition because it'll open up this um, passage so much more. It means to be endowed with the faculty of hearing. It, of course, means not deaf. To give ear to a teacher or teaching. To attend to, consider what is being said. And I think that is one of the hugest things. To consider what is being said. That you can hear and you can consider what's being said. Do you know anyone that's deaf to the truth? Were you at one point? Deaf to the truth? Or deaf to a truth of the Bible? And what is it like trying to tell truth to someone who's deaf to the truth? It's frustrating. It is. It is. And only God can really open up their ears. And there's so many factors going on. You know, I used to just be like, you know, Lord, open up their ears in Jesus' name until I realized that, you know, sometimes there is a moment and a time and a reason that they would be held accountable for something if they knew too much at this point. I mean, God's so merciful. He's so merciful with us, you know. And I look back and I'm like, you know, look back 20 years and I'm like, why did you even put up with me? You should have just snuffed me out back then. And he's like, well, because I saw you now. And then I can even look back to yesterday and go, well, I was really faithful, wasn't I? And he's so faithful back to us. It's so awesome that he's faithful when we're not. Notice Jesus doesn't say, this is really cool, I think. Back in John eight forty three, Notice Jesus doesn't say that they will not hear his word. He said it's because they cannot. Okay, so will not is an act of your will. It's like, okay, I'm trying to tell truth to someone and their death to the truth. And I kind of feel like they will not hear his word. And he says, no, it's because they cannot. They cannot. And so I started looking at this because we are supposed to tell people, even people who are deaf to his word, about him. We're not supposed to ever stop. We're not supposed to ever say, oh, well, you know, they really got turned off when I did that once, so I'm not going to do that again. Because we don't know God's perfect timing for, for opening it up. And sometimes even just our persistence can mean, like, the opening door. When I was going up to um, Bernie and working with these kids, one gang girl, gang girl, she had come out of the gangs and... These kids had been taken out of their homes by the state of Texas. And um, she kept telling me that, you know, she didn't like me. And, you know, why was I coming up there? And on and on and on. She was really hardened. And then it was like maybe the 25th time I'd come up there. And she said, you know what? I figured out something. I said, what did you figure out? She said, I figured out that you would not come up here all those times to tell us nothing. 
you, it's, so, so sometimes it's the persistency. And then she said, God, God, not me, not Kathleen, because this is what I wanted to do. But she said, God just took my broken old cold heart and put it in the microwave and pressed high. Such a beautiful, simple illustration of her understanding of what God had done. And then, then her ears were open and it was like, okay, you know, I didn't have to read for 40 books about gang members and how to talk their language and how to, I just needed to keep going. And that's what we need to do in life is to remember to keep going in Christ. Just keep going in Christ wherever you are going. Keep going in Christ. And whoever you run into, never be ashamed to be completely open about your praises and the things he's done in your life. And don't let anyone's spirit of the world intimidate you. You know, there are people that carry like a spirit of the world, just as we carry the Holy Spirit. And the spirit of the world, the spirit of this age, wants to... It's full of pride. It's um, very knowledgeable. It's self-assured. And it wants to intimidate you. And it especially wants to do that because the enemy doesn't want that person to know about the Lord. And so you go in with humility. You go in with consistency. You go in with the word. And that's all your you have to do god god will open their ears at the right time but what would make someone deaf what is it that can cause someone not to hear his word because we just looked at jesus didn't say that they will not hear he says is because you cannot hear what is it that can cause that and i just wrote down number one and this isn't like an all-inclusive list but Stuff that God just was talking to me about. Number one, the sound of truth is drowned out by giving ear to the world. Really, the sound of truth is just drowned out by giving ear to the world. You know, and some people try to kind of like put one ear to the world and what they're doing and listening and what's going on and talking like that and being like that. And, and, I'm t- and we'll be more specific later. And one ear to... Um, the Jesus and his word and his life and his truth. And that is a divided person. That's a miserable person. But we're talking about people who may or may not know. And we have to have mercy on them all because, hey, God had mercy on us. And um, they have their ear to the world. And so what does that mean? What does it mean to be giving ear to the world? And 1 John 2.15 it says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away, and also its lust, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. And so... We recognize that sometimes people cannot hear because they're so in the world. They're so in the world and listening to the world, and that's their highest authority. And that's their goal, and their goals are all of the world. And they are um, climbing, climbing, climbing that ladder to where? I don't know. But, you know, it's just 
we need to recognize that it's not that we have any kind of um, uh, judgment on them, but that we have super, super mercy because it's not that they don't want to hear. It's because they cannot hear. And only God can open their ears. And it's with our consistency, our humility, and our love. It will not come from, unless God does a miracle, it will not come from yelling them into the kingdom of heaven. You know, I've never seen that where people were like, oh, you're right. I am going to burn in hell. Okay. You know, it's just, it's from God's love that, that causes us to come to repentance is what the Bible says. It's through his kindness, his kindness. And, um. So another reason, what is another reason that people cannot hear? Um, And number two, God just said, write down, it's blocked out by their own wicked hearts. And I was like, whoa, what does that mean? Well, you know what? One of the things in the Bible, when, when God says wicked, he means unbelieving. He doesn't necessarily mean that you're into, you know, dark magic but it's blocked out by their own unbelieving hearts, their own wicked hearts. They're listening to their own voice, their own way. And, and they are kind of like my way or the highway, you know. And a lot of people, um, and, and, and again, no judgment here, but consistently lovingly and humility continuing in your life and beliefs and sharing with them in, in a completely non-judgmental way um, and not being afraid because this is another person that can be super intimidating. They have their way or the highway. They have their way. They'll let you know their way. They'll let you know, you know, how the cow ate the cabbage. I've never understood what that meant, but that seems to fit. So that is Number two. Number three is they do not recognize the voice of the Father. So Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. If a person's not familiar with God's voice, if they've not been in a place where God's word is preached, not just happy thoughts, if they're, if they're not familiar with God's verse from studying the Bible or being in a group and looking at the word or opening up the word in their own homes, then they won't recognize him when he speaks. And I often have people say, well, gosh, you know, Kathleen, you, you, feel, you feel like the Holy Spirit directed you to do this and the Holy Spirit directed you to do that. How do you know your voice from his voice? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I know his voice. I mean, and it is not because I'm some super spiritual, super awesome, great person that never does anything wrong. It's that I've attuned my ear to his voice. I recognize it. I recognize that gentle voice of Jesus. I recognize the Holy Spirit. I recognize that it's always about mercy. It's always about love. It's sometimes about risk. It's. It's um, never the same. I mean, God doesn't have like some kind of a little script for um, all of us. And it's, it's, it's really exciting to follow his voice. So we're going to learn how to hear his voice. John 10, 3. The sheep hear his voice. 
He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And you know, there was a time when he had to have called your name or you would not be able to hear him. And so we need to have that, that compassion towards people who it's not sometimes that they're not willing to hear him. It's that they can't hear him. And we need to have that compassion. John 10, 4, when he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. John 10, 5, a stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. And then if you skip down to John 10, 14, I'm the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me, even as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I mean, just in going to the country this weekend, um, just for the day, um, and, and I went on a walk with my sister and just saw all these sheep in the field and it just was so, such a remembrance to me that we are called sheep and that we're supposed to be, you know, sheep aren't supposed to be learned to be like the most assertive, the most aggressive. They're just supposed to follow the Savior. They're supposed to follow the shepherd, sorry. So we're just supposed to follow the shepherd. And sometimes we get on ourselves like, you know, I don't know every Bible verse and I'm not the best. Da, 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 and, 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 and that's that's not it. I mean, don't pass your prayers on to someone else. If there's someone that God lays on your heart to pray for, you pray. You don't have any less of a, of a connection than anyone else, no matter how long they've walked with the Lord. It may feel like it because it's not it's not familiar or comfortable at first. Anytime we have a completely different life change, life view, eternal perspective, and the Lord calls our name, it's, it's, wow, yes, Lord, you know, and then we get to hear him and know him and, and learn more about him. And, um, I love what he says here that the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them. And we need to keep remembering that. Who goes ahead of me everywhere? The good shepherd. You know, so often I'll, I'll even think of something that's maybe, maybe today or maybe in a few weeks or maybe it's a big something that I know that I'm going to need to tackle And I need to realize that I don't go out first. The good shepherd, Jesus, all-powerful, almighty, the word of God, all that's truth, love that never fails, goes out before me. And that is what the enemy sees, and he shudders. Because I can say, you know, I don't have to feel like it's just me against this huge problem. It's like, wow, I'm actually standing behind the shepherd. I'm just a little lamb. And this time of year, oh my goodness, there were little lambs and they were so precious. And they were with their mommies and they were just um, out in the field. And um, I didn't see any shepherds, but I saw some a llama. 
And then Lacey told me that llamas make good shepherds because they will kill any kind of, they kill wolves. And so I thought that was really interesting. And John 8.44 is where we left off. Now, when I would read this before, I would think, you know, Jesus, you're saying that their father is the devil. That is really like, wow. I mean, where'd that come from? You know, you're all mercy and, and then you're, but he's also truth, you know, One thing that's bothered my teenager is she said, we hear love and we hear mercy, but we don't hear God's wrath. And it really bothers her. It really bothers her. What she means is she wants people to hear about a two-sided God, a God that has wrath because he has love. And even my sister was saying, um, and, and God says that he will avenge his own. He will take care of things, and he does have wrath, but it's pure wrath. It's not, it's not um, anger out of spite or anger out of um, my pride being hurt or anger. It's pure wrath, and, it, and he holds it back for so, so long. He holds it back because he has such love and tender mercies towards us. And, and I was walking with Leslie this weekend, and she said, you know what, I, I love... Um, the way that I can help forgive people is that I can say, here, I'm handing you, God, the atrocity that's been, that I would have to avenge. And I'm not, it's no longer mine, but you do what you want with it. You do what you want with this person or whatever. And, um, and, and then my only job, the Bible says, is, is to love. You know, my my job is not to like. <laughs> didn't say anything about that. It didn't say anything about hanging around with. It didn't say anything about any of that. It says love. And sometimes we, we've said before, sometimes you got to love someone from a distance. You know, um, sometimes you have to love them from a distance. And, and, and we shouldn't feel guilty about that. So here he's getting really truthful with them. And not only that, they have slandered him. They've said all these awful things about his mother, his whole family. I mean, it's like, wow, have people changed? No, they haven't. John eight forty four. Here's Jesus. He says, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Whoa. You know, it's interesting to look at this and say, you know, you can't stand in the truth if you have no truth in you. And literally, it is what's in you that comes out of you. And it is what is in you that flows out into your life. It even is what, what is in your heart, you speak. The abundance of the uh, heart, the man spe- a man speaks. I want us to flip this too and look at this um, little teaching about the enemy because do you realize this is the first time that they're being told about the enemy? They didn't even know they had an enemy because they didn't have any power against an enemy. And so Jesus came and taught about the devil. I think the adversary is mentioned um, 
one time in the Old Testament and maybe Satan one time, but like more as the fallen angel. But whenever anything happened in the Old Testament, whether it was good, it was, it was God. And if it was terrible, it was God. Everything was God. Everything was God. And there was an enemy. There was an enemy from the beginning because the enemy is what caused the fall. And the fall is what's caused all this mess in this world. Well, actually, even Adam giving the enemy that power by listening to him. And so we've got to really think about this. They're being told, they're not just being told, you're this, you're that. They're being taught about Satan and that they have a real enemy and it's not God. It's, it's, it's a real enemy. And then Jesus later on goes on to show them exactly how to completely stand above the enemy. But one thing he says in here just cracks me up because, um, and I'll tell you why. John eight forty four at the end, it says, whenever he speaks, whenever the devil speaks, whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is the liar and the father of lies. What cracks me up is that um, I will find myself believing a lie. And I don't know why, but sometimes it's, it's nighttime. I do not know why. It's nighttime. You're already tired. And when you're physically tired, guess what? You, you get spiritually attacked. And that's why we need to get enough sleep and enough rest. And we need to just know that that is a time where you can be attacked. And I'll find myself going way down one road, way down. I mean, whether it's the road of fear or the road of anger or the road of, you know, way super down or the road of, you know, hating something about myself or being guilty or feeling overwhelmed or feeling like I'm not worthy to, you know, preach the word. Last night I got home, got in the kitchen and we got home from the ranch and I was exhausted and I had pulled out my left shoulder, which is a big deal because I can't move the rest of my back. So when one of my shoulders is pulled out, it's like, Okay, so, I mean, it just hurts. It hurts, and I, I need some sympathy, so I'm telling you all. So I got in the kitchen, and, and I just was like, you know what? I said, I don't feel like I am, am even worthy to teach tomorrow. And just because I felt like a flake, I mean, I don't know. I just, on the way home, I was like, God, my shoulder for three days, you know, and I'm sitting there trying to make it feel better and just, I don't know, you just kind of flake around. And I don't know how to explain that other than that. If you don't understand that, then you will someday. But um, anyway, everybody flakes around differently. So I said, I just don't feel like I even am worthy to, to teach. And Lacey goes, of course not. He came up behind me and he goes, of course not. No one's worthy to teach. He's like, except for Jesus. And he's like, are you teaching Jesus or are you teaching you? And I was like, well, I'm teaching Jesus, you know. And he's like, yeah, no one's worthy. And we have to just come and get completely washed by the blood of Jesus. But what I've noticed with myself that does make me crack up is that um, I've started calling Satan a liar, which is so funny because that's what he is. 
But I'll realize something that I believed the day before and I'll see it in the word or I'll, or I'll be quickened in my heart or truth will come through. Truth will shine through. That light of truth will get all the way through the darkness of the crevices of my heart and shine right on that. And then I will be like, wow. And I find myself saying out loud, Satan, you are such a liar. And which is such a funny thing to say because... That's what Jesus said, but that's the only thing he can do. Don't ever think that the enemy's coming to you with something that could kind of help you. I mean, we need to recognize that he's here to steal, kill, and destroy. And then it's Jesus that's come to give us life and life abundant. And the more we can sh- sharpen ourselves to hear the voice of God, that that's what's so exciting. It's not so... It's not that like every time you read your Bible, you're like, whoa, I'm so excited. I just can't wait. I'm going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to tell that bagger that bagged my groceries all about the Lord. No, it's not. It's not about that. I mean, some mornings I read the word and sometimes I even study for this. And I'm thinking, God, you know, I'm, this is dry, 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 dry. It just seems dry. Lots of times Satan likes to tell us it's dry. He likes to tell us what other things we have to do and what else we have going on. Even though Jesus promises us that if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all those other things will be added. You know? And so I I just, I love that. I love that I can recognize when Satan is lying and I am able to do it quicker and quicker. So it's not just recognizing the voice of the shepherd. It's also recognizing the voice of the enemy. Do we or do we not live in a generation where we need to know the voice of the enemy? If you hear something, I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're at a Christian conference. I don't care if you're watching Oprah You know what? If you hear it and it just doesn't jive in your spirit, pay attention. Pay attention. Don't go along with it. Don't go along with it at all. And I I remember in college, just a college professor, of course, I'd married early. So I had this different attitude in college as a junior since I was married. I had this different attitude of like, hey, you know what? I'm paying for this. I don't have to pay to listen to you talk like that. And we had some college, I had a college professor that was talking horrible, using horrible language and being very horrible about women. And um, I had marched myself down to the front of the class. And at the end of the class, there's like 400 people and um, everybody's marching out and saying goodbye and, you know, you're so funny and, you know, this guy's kind of trying to fit in with the college group and stuff. And I just said, you owe every lady in here an apology. You do. And he did. He apologized. And it's like, we need to recognize the voice of the enemy and not just be like, oh, that's funny. Oh, that's, you know, and that's what we need to realize is that when our children are immersed in the word of God it doesn't even matter when they start, you know, like Lacey was a doubles state, number one in state in doubles. And he didn't start playing tennis until junior high and he never even had a lesson. And so sometimes we think, oh, my poor kids, you know, they're getting a late start. 
You know, we should never think that because God just has a way of like catching people up and helping them in and helping them up. And he knows what child needs what because they're his children, too. And so what we need to recognize is that we're not just teaching our children to hear the voice of God. We're also teaching our children to recognize the voice of the enemy. And that's so, so, so important because you can hear the voice of God and be innocent as a lamb and want to do all the right things, but the enemy can just plague you if you don't recognize and pinpoint, if you don't have that background where you can pinpoint, that is Satan. That's not my own thought. That's not true. That's a lie. And so when I discover that in my life, which sometimes it's it's in the morning, like at night. I, I don't know why. We're kind of susceptible. I don't know why. But I'll wake up and I'll be like, Satan, you are such a liar. You know? And, and then I realize that's all he can do. So I'm repeating that on purpose because I want you to listen on the radio. Listen on TV. Don't take everything at face value. Don't take anything at face value. I don't care who says it? The only person that you can totally trust is Jesus and his word. And everything should be compared to that. I mean, everything should be compared to that. There's a scripture that says if a man does not work, he should not eat. Okay, well, that's somewhat applicable in our political realm. But no one brings that up. We need to be constantly comparing to the Word. Go to livingjesus.us to hear the rest of Kathleen's message and hundreds more at no cost. Thousands of people in 40 countries download Kathleen's scripture-filled, Jesus-inspired, real-life messages at an increasing rate. Jesus said, freely you received, freely give, Matthew 10.8. If you are able, financially join us in reaching the world for Jesus. Go to livingjesus.us and freely give so that those who could never pay will continue to freely receive.